And we welcome you to the Tuesday Morning Show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. We have a couple of different interviews for you today related to some upcoming theatrical events. And the first one is really something quite out of the ordinary and promises to be quite extraordinary, actually. It is a production of one of the most famous plays uh, in history, uh, an ancient uh, Greek drama, Oedipus Rex by Sophocles. And uh, it's not only a, a rare opportunity to actually encounter this famous play on stage, but also the fact that it is being done uh, under really uh, out-of-the-ordinary circumstances. The uh, performances that are coming up this weekend and the following weekend are going to take place in the Lincoln Park Floral Gardens. And uh, it's a marvelous choice for this particular play. And also, of course, presents some intriguing challenges for those who are presenting this production. And I'm really excited that uh, we can speak with three of the people uh, who have central importance in this production. First of all, Alex Matowski, uh, who is producer of this production and, of course, the artistic director of Fleeing Artists and uh, of their Summer Shakespeare uh, 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 series. Then Kimberly Laverge, who is the director of this particular production. And finally, we have uh, Corey Fitzsimmons, who is going to be undertaking the uh, grueling role of Oedipus, the title role of this famous play. So a warm welcome to all three of you to the morning show. Thanks for having us, Greg. Thank you. Glad Thanks. You Good. Uh, Alex, first of all, a, a, a quick overview from you Let's have you uh, remind uh, any of our listeners who have not yet had the chance to encounter any of the productions of fleeing artists, give us a capsule history of the company and its, and its mission. Sure, a capsule history. Well, we began in 2018. So uh, <laughs> uh, we are the fleeing artists. We're a really small theater company based in Kenosha that tries to put on artistic productions that maybe aren't typically done in a city the size of Kenosha or aren't typically done by local community theaters. Shows like Oedipus Rex, we have our Summer Shakespeare program. Our goal is to try to bring as many artists as possible from not just Kenosha, but all over southeastern Wisconsin, northern Illinois, and hopefully from further reaches down the road uh, to come to Kenosha and put on shows that'll really transform Kenosha into a haven for art and theater for the Midwest. And of course, one of the things that you have managed to do is to continue on uh, even during the highly restrictive uh, period of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, give our listeners uh, at least a rough idea of how how uh, Fleeing Artists Theater has managed to, to move ahead and continue to produce theater, even at a time when so many other theater companies completely shut down. Sure, it's uh, through a little word that I think everyone remember, knows called Zoom. Uh, right at the tail, right at the start of the pandemic, uh, at the time when the word pandemic was only heard in like a Stephen King novel, uh, we decided right away to shift the very tail end of our second season and all of our third season, or what wound up being our whole third season, uh, to a digital format where all the actors and performers, designers, et cetera, stayed uh, safely at home. And it was a phenomenal 
it, it was in some ways a limiting experience, but in other ways, such a, a fantastic experience where we got to work with performers from California, New York, Brazil, Canada, uh, Florida, places we would never have met people. And it, it really brought all of us together and made us, it, it really showed how small and tight-knit a theater community is, even if it's thousands of miles away. Mm. And explain to our listeners about the the Summer Shakespeare program. Uh, has that been a part of Fleeing Artists right from the start? And what's been the nature of that particular facet of what you do? Sure. Uh, Summer Shakespeare actually predates the Fleeing Artists. We, we began in 2018, but the Summer Shakespeare program, I started that under the uh, the Lakeside Players, the other uh, community theater in town back in 2014 with a production of Hamlet. And since then, the series has just continued to grow and grow and grow. We typically do two, sometimes three productions per year. Uh, it's a great way to really bring Shakespeare to the masses and uh, instill a love of Shakespeare in people of all levels of experience. Uh, we have children who come see the show, especially the free outdoor productions that we've done every year. And one of the greatest joys of doing Summer Shakespeare, especially outdoors, is seeing the eyes of the little ones light up. With like, well, I don't know what they're saying, but I like it. <laughs> and it's probably good for us to mention that the tradition of of Shakespeare in the summer in Kenosha actually goes back a long, long way. Uh, and some of the first theatrical productions I saw in Kenosha, and that's uh, back in the back in the mid '80s, uh, were under the auspices of the Kenosha Unified School District. And I was absolutely amazed that something like Shakespeare uh, was alive and well and being done uh, during the summer months. It just Seemed like kind of an incongruous combination, but it really worked. And it's really nice to see you building on what's really a long and rich tradition. Oh, it's fantastic. The creator of that Summer Shakespeare program, a teacher by the name of Ron Parker, yeah. transferred to Appleton, Wisconsin, where I went to school and studied under him. And it's, it's so it, almost fate, as it were, too, uh, that he went up there and then I came down to Kenosha and both summer Shakespeare programs are thriving. Mm, terrific. Good to see. For those of you just joining us uh, for uh, part one of today's morning show, we are talking about the latest undertaking of the Fleeing Artists uh, Theatrical Company. And as part of their summer Shakespeare season of this summer of 2021, they're actually presenting uh, one of history's most important plays, Oedipus Rex, of course, not by Shakespeare, but by Sophocles. Uh, just explain, uh, Alex, if this has been typical of previous seasons of the Summer Shakespeare program that that uh, at least once in a while, something not by Shakespeare sort of sneaks into the mix. Sure, I would say it's not uncommon Initially, when we conceived of doing summer Shakespeare, we called it summer classics with the intent of doing not just Shakespeare, but pairing it with other uh, works by ancient Greeks, by Chekhov, by Strindberg. And I would say roughly every other year, we, uh, we rather than doing two Shakespeare plays, we do a Shakespeare and a Greek or a Shakespeare and a Strindberg. Very good. So I am meeting a couple of people, I think, for the first time today. 
Kimberly LaBerge, who is directing this production of Oedipus Rex, and actor Corey Fitzsimmons, who is undertaking uh, the grueling role, title role of Oedipus uh, himself. Uh, is uh, uh, Alex, is this their initial participation in Fleeing Artists, or have they been part of, 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 of your work before this? Uh, this is Corey's first show, and then Kim, has, this is now your third year, right? Yeah, yeah wow. My third year. I um two years ago, I two summers ago, pre-COVID, which feels like a crazy concept, I um played Catherine in Taming of the Shrew. And then last summer over Zoom, I directed Creditors by August Strindberg during Summer Shakespeare. So that was another show that wasn't technically Shakespeare, which is funny because I really do love Shakespeare. I'm not avoiding him. Um, <laughs> but that was last summer in our virtual season. And so I'm really happy to be kicking off fleeing artists being back in person this year. Fantastic. Uh, before we talk to Kimberly and Corey a little uh, a little more, Alex, uh, explain a little bit about the choice behind doing Oedipus Rex. Well, uh, the reason has changed repeatedly now. Uh, we initially picked the show, I want to say January or February 2020, before the pandemic, before back when the word pandemic was a sci-fi word. Uh, <laughs> and um, we picked that show out of a love of ancient Greek theater and because of uh, that year being a, a political year and our thought was, well, it's a show not about politics explicitly, but there are certainly political leaders involved and uh, the debate of whether they listen to the people, whether they don't. Um, and now as uh, the following year, uh, as the pandemic has raged on and everything has become partisan. I think that issue has resonated more, but also the show is set with a backdrop of a literal plague ravaging the land. And so it makes it even more timely in a really kind of disturbing and powerful way. So um, Kimberly, uh, why don't you uh, sketch for our listeners, particularly for those not acquainted um, with the legend of, of Oedipus, uh, sketch the essential outline of this particular story and maybe where it falls within the more sort of sprawling legend of Oedipus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Oedipus, th this particular piece of the story is about this guy who he, he's now king. And for the purposes of our show, we've placed it in more of a presidential atmosphere. Mm. Um, but he is fated to sleep with his mother and kill his father, which is horrifying. Um, but it's a story about this man who's trying to avoid his fate. And so as things grow terrible, it, it leads him to wonder, what can you believe? What fates can you fight versus what fates must you resign to? And, you know, how humans can stack up against gods in that way. Um, our story here picks up following the story of the Sphinx and how Oedipus is the one who solved that riddle. So for people who are really interested in, you know, Greek history and Greek theater, that's um, the fun little tidbit that picks up there. And then following this story is when we get the, the play Antigone, which follows Oedipus's daughter Antigone in her journeys after this fate um, unfolds. So that's, that's sort of the story of it. It, um, 
it's spawned off into things like the Oedipus complex that people are familiar with. You know, it's inspired a lot of our modern dialogue around these issues. But as a piece of theater, I, I find that that isn't necessarily the only focus. And it's rather much more about the human condition and what we can control and what we cannot. Right. So as I understand it, uh, Oedipus at the start of this play has already killed his father, even though, I mean, he was just an old man. He didn't know that this was his father that he, he was killing. And then he proceeds to Thebes and uh, uh, is offered the hand of, the, of Queen Jocasta. And he doesn't realize this is his own mother that he's marrying. So he is unwittingly uh, fulfilling the prophecy and has already done that at the start of this play then. Right. Yes. So then this play actually is more about how people can pick up the puzzle pieces or the, the physical plot of it anyway, is his character trying to pick up the puzzle pieces on how they can stop the plague in this land. And in order to stop the plague in this land, whoever has done this horrible thing must leave, must be exiled, and that will save the people. Um, you know, and so it's, I think of it as a train in that it has one clear destination and once it gets started, it can't be stopped. But, you know, taking it along on that journey is, is really fun and fast. Sure. And of course, Oedipus is looking for, in a sense, the perpetrator and yes. he has no idea, but that's also ultimately going to lead to himself. He himself is the perpetrator and he must be punished in order for this terrible plague um, to be, to be ended. Um, Kimberly, have you dealt a lot with ancient Greek tragedies before, either as someone on stage or, or as a director, or in, in what way is this kind of a new venture for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of us who work in theater and have studied theater spend a lot of time studying Greek theater, but I've never had the chance to to work on it myself and to be at the helm of it. So it's been very exciting. You know, a, a lot of my specialty and preference is in classical theater. So I've done a lot with Shakespeare and other classical works. Um, so it's been a welcome foray to step into this very monumental piece of theater history and produce it in a way that is accessible to people rather than intimidating and foreign as Greek theater can sometimes be. For those of you just joining us, we're speaking with Alex Matowski, Kimberly LaBerge, and Corey Fitzsimmons, and we are talking about uh, the play Oedipus Rex by Sophocles, which is uh, about to be presented by uh, the fleeing artists under the auspice of their summer Shakespeare uh, uh, production ser series. Uh, Alex, the decision was made at some point um, to do this, these performances in the Lincoln Park Floral Gardens. wonder if you could say a word, first of all, about uh, the kind of things you were thinking about in terms of, of where Oedipus Rex would be done and uh, what ultimately led you to make this particular choice. Sure. Uh, primarily, we chose for safety reasons to perform outdoors with our initial show, our first live show in almost two years. Uh, we wanted to make sure we were outdoors so that audience members could spread themselves out and whatnot. But additionally, because ancient Greek theater has its roots in outdoor theater, thousands of years before an indoor theater was even thought of, let alone built, uh, giant outdoor amphitheaters were, were Greek plays. We thought, how perfect 
for that first show back this ancient Greek tragedy to be performed in the flower gardens. And we're grateful for uh, the Kenosha Parks Alliance and the Kenosha Community Foundation for working with us to make this uh, possible. What kind of uh, what kind of negotiations were involved to make this possible? Uh, and were there things you had to do or assure them of in, in, in order to, to, to make it possible? Sure. Uh, the main concern, of course, being COVID safety. Uh, we're ensuring that all of our actors are fully vaccinated. Uh, that was a condition for them being part of our show, uh, as this is going to be a maskless production. We also are ensuring that our benches and seats and whatnot are spread out and socially distanced from each other and from the stage, because even though it's outdoors and we do adhere to what the CDC is recommending, we, we, we tend to say after the pandemic as if it's passed, but it is still going on. There are still uh, tragedies befalling us and who knows where things could turn. So we are doing everything we can to ensure everyone's safety. Very good. Kimberly LaBerge, you are directing this production. Uh, have you or will you be extensively rehearsing in the Lincoln Park Floral Gardens or uh, otherwise, uh, what kind of preparations are you, are you doing with your actors uh, in terms of them being comfortable and also effective uh, in this kind of setting? Yes, so our rehearsal process has been very short um, and very intense. So our initial read through, which is the first rehearsal in which the cast reads the whole script with one another was on the 16th of June and then we open on the 16th of July. So it's a very wow. fast turnaround. I know, I know, especially for so much text. Um, so in order to prepare the actors, we have um, through the fleeing artists and then through Lakeside Players, we have rented out a space in the Pollard Gallery that we've been rehearsing in. And then we have within the last week or so been going to the Lincoln Gardens to rehearse. And so we, we have had the chance to be in the proper space. Um, some of the challenges of that are that the open air sucks up your sound. And so it's really been an exercise of the actors working on creating large enough choices to be physically read from further away, but also large enough vocalizations to simply be heard and to tell our story to everyone who views it. Um, but now this week, we're going into what we affectionately call Tech Week or Hell Week in theater, um, which simply means that we are going into long rehearsals where we are really running and running and running the show every evening up until we open up on Friday the 16th. Wow. So Corey Fitzsimmons, our Oedipus, uh, what is it like for you as an actor, uh, given the challenges that Kimberly just just laid out? What What kind of challenge... Is this uh, for you and your colleagues, even beyond the specific challenges of the role of Oedipus, but just performing in the open air in this in this fashion? Oh, yeah, it's definitely been uh, real challenging trying to figure out, uh, you know, physical choices that will be able to be seen by uh, audience sitting, you know, further away than maybe we're used to. Uh, and making uh, vocal choices being loud enough so that we can be heard. Uh, even in our softest moments uh, on stage. Um, and last rehearsal, actually, uh, Kimberly did an exercise with us uh, where uh, everyone else uh, had to sit at the very, very, very back of the theater. 
um, and one person went on stage and uh, they they would say a line of theirs or, or like a monologue of theirs. And uh, once we were able to hear them clearly um, saying every single word, then uh, then we would sit down. So once everybody was seated, then this person uh, could be finished with this exercise um, so that you know, training us to uh, uh, project and just be able to be heard even in our softest moments. Wow, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> so interesting. I, I also wonder, Corey, uh, what is it like uh, to be undertaking this particular role and this particular character? Uh, what what does this represent for you as an actor? Oh man, uh, that's a that's a a question that I'll be continuing to ask myself throughout this process, and even when the process is done, uh, looking back on it, oh man, uh, Oedipus, Oedipus, Oedipus means so much, like um, in the tradition of theater, um, and so, and also just as a story for us culturally. Um, and so kind of bringing, like, bringing myself to that and bringing uh, the character to me uh, has been uh, like a constant um, challenge and um, undertaking. Uh, he is such a, um, a complex character, uh, you know, Oedipus complex, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's he's both really like really intelligent he solved the riddle and saved Thebes but he's also um ignorant and he and brash and and uh quick to anger um and so that creates a lot of his downfall um and so him trying to prevent his fate from coming true ended up causing his fate to come true wow yeah the ultimate, uh, the ultimate irony, and so theatrically potent. Uh, Kimberly LeBurge, Le I assume that there are multiple translations of this uh, famous play, which you're obviously not doing in the original Greek. Um, can you tell us anything about the particular translation or version that you are doing, and and if it, for the most part, adheres very faithfully to the original? Yes, so I've chosen to use Ian Johnston's translation and then do my own adaptation on top of that to build some characters out of the chorus. Um, the things I love about Ian Johnston's translation is that it doesn't entirely abandon the elevated language of the original text. There are certainly some monologues that feel very poetic, very metaphorical, um, but then it is very accessible. You know, if you are just anybody who doesn't have a background in classical theater, but who has heard of the story of Oedipus and wants to come see it, this is a story that you can come see delivered in this way and you can follow along. You know, it's one of the greatest challenges when we do Shakespeare is making sure that the audience can understand it no matter what. And this translation sort of lifts that obligation from those of us who love classical theater and gives us a version that already has that taken care of us so that we can really focus on telling the story, which was especially helpful knowing that we had such a very short rehearsal process. Sounds like a great choice. Is there going to be a set of any kind or are you for the most part just utilizing that beautiful floral garden to uh, to sort of, in a sense, transport us to Thebes? 
Yes, so we're gonna have a minimal set, but we do have some to help imply, like I mentioned, we are putting it in a presidential atmosphere. So we have a press room, we have an office that feels very akin to the Oval Office, and then um, Alex and some of our team, Beth Ann Duffy as a scenic painter, Kenny Montley as another builder, have been working on these stunning massive pillars that we're bringing into the space that um, add to the structure of Lincoln, but also help bring both a classical Greek feeling and a White House feeling to our space. So. It really, um, it, it's really been a matter of leaning into the natural features of Lincoln and how they can help support the story that we're telling. Very good. How big a cast are we talking about? We have 11 actors. Very good. So Alex, I'm assuming that uh, these performances coming up over the next two weekends, at least theoretically, will occur rain or shine. Is that at least the plan? Uh, actually, in the event of rain or very extreme weather, uh, we are leaning more toward a cancellation for wow. the safety of everyone. Uh, we're a little nervous about Friday, just given the weather reports, but it looks like Saturday, Sunday seem to be clear and whatnot. But we also do have one guaranteed indoor production next week on Thursday, July 22nd. We're um, having a little theater gala event to celebrate the return of live theater. So uh, we'll have a production of Oedipus performing then as well. Very good. So if it's a gray day with some drizzle, then uh, we'll perform. Yeah. I'm reminded of a uh, what used to go on at Carthage, it hasn't gone on for quite a while, but uh, they used to do a one-act festival at Carthage where I, where I teach. And, uh, and they were done all over campus. And uh, some of them were very brief and very intriguing, and many of them done in kind of the outdoor locales that would uh, befit the, the story. And I remember watching one of them uh, as a soft rain was falling, and it was a story of two people encountering each other in a, in a park on a park bench. And and as sometimes happens when you're in a park, it's raining a little bit. And it was actually astounding the effect that that had of making it all feel real and natural. And, and uh, actually doing a performance of, of Oedipus uh, Rex with a soft drizzle falling, that would, in a sense, transport us to a different place, I think. Certainly, it would definitely emphasize a lot of foreshadowing elements of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, what a great privilege. Uh, for you and your, your, your company to be undertaking this and for us in, in, the, uh, in the community to be able to encounter it. Uh, it is really a rare privilege. So is this something for which people need to purchase tickets? No, no, this is a free, free show. Uh, the only thing we recommend is we only have so many park benches. So I would bring a lawn chair, maybe bring a picnic or a picnic blanket. Why not? <laughs> mm. So the performances begin this coming weekend and uh, the following weekend. Uh, remind us of the time and remind our listeners of the location of the Lincoln Floral Gardens. Sure. So Lincoln Floral Gardens within Lincoln Park. So uh, that's on uh, 22nd Avenue, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, it is Friday and Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays at six o'clock and Sundays at two o'clock. It's about a 90 minute runtime. So it's only a one act, not very long at all. And uh, within the floral gardens, it's a uh, beautiful space. Uh, for anyone who hasn't gone, uh, the, the smell of flowers just permeates everywhere you're sitting. It is gorgeous. Yeah. 
Absolutely fantastic choice. Alex Matowski is producer. Kimberly LaBerge is the director. Corey Fitzsimmons is Oedipus in these upcoming performances of Oedipus Rex by Sophocles uh, for the Fleeing Artists Summer Shakespeare uh, 2021 season with Hamlet to come uh, later on. And a special gala for Fleeing Artists is Thursday evening, July 22nd. Alex, for more information on all of this, where should they go? Best way would either be our Facebook page, Fleeing Artists Theater, or our website, www.fleeingartists.org. <laughs> Alex, Kimberly, and Corey, thank you so much for being part of the morning show. It was great to talk to you. Best wishes with this exciting production of Oedipus Rex. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you.